Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Um, So I've been collecting some of the info over the last few days, gathering up information on the the shooting that occurred on uh, New Year's Eve at Romare Bearden Park in Uptown Charlotte. Um, There are a couple of patterns I have detected, even though I am not an actual detective. I have have noted a couple patterns. Number one, these things tend to happen after large events in Uptown. Usually, it's like after the event is over, people are or, you know, going home or whatever. That's, that, that seems, there seems to be a trend in that direction. Um, also, there seems to be this celebration of a uh, uh, culture of criminality that is sort of at the heart of this thing, a denial that this violence has any kind of uh, widespread, lasting negative impact. And it's not just, like, at a local government official level, um, despite their words that claim otherwise. Um, and the, the mayor's comments here figure prominently in that. But um, also among members of the community, mem- just regular people, citizens, um, particularly those who apparently are related to the accused. So first up, from WBTV, the man accused of opening fire during New Year's Eve celebrations in Uptown Charlotte appeared in court the other day. The guy's name is Davion Crawford. He is 19 years old, and he is accused of shooting into a crowd at Romare Bearden Park, injuring five people. Court records show that he faces five counts of assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. All five victims were hit below the knee, and all are expected to recover. So not only uh, is this uh, is this guy, is the accused, is the defendant, uh, so not only is he uh, a threat to other people, but also a bad shot. His, um, his bond was increased to $1.5 million from the original $750,000 during that appearance. Okay, so they doubled his bond. It's at $1.5 million. His mother and his uncle were in the courtroom, and his mother argued in court that the bond was too high. But the judge and prosecutors disagreed. So you totally would have made the $750,000 bond. You totally would have been able to come up with that money. Versus $1.5 million, that's what put it out of reach. They did not want to speak on camera. But Crawford's uncle and mother defended Crawford by saying he didn't even have a gun on him when police found him. Okay, so he, he wasn't carrying a gun. 
And his mother claimed also that the real person who did the shooting was still free. Not sure if that person has one arm or not. But the argument there is that the cops need to go after, go find out who really did it. Detectives, though, said uh, that, yeah, they did not recover a gun from the scene. However, they did find a 45-millimeter magazine in Crawford's pocket, which is weird to just be walking around with a, with a magazine in your pocket without a firearm. I don't know if there were rounds loaded into that mag. I, do, I don't know. They don't say. But that's kind of weird. Right, unless there's some other explanation for that, which nobody presented in the court. So all we can go by is what was uh, divulged. Oh, also, there were real-time cameras that detected him. And I, I have to admit, I'm not sure what that means. Real-time cameras detected him. What does that mean? Did they capture images of him that police say, yeah, he's wearing the same thing, they... They, they've got him on camera doing this. Why not just say it that way? We have him on camera. Police say they have him on camera. But I don't understand what the real-time cameras detected him means. It's just, a, it's just a weird way of saying something to make it unclear. So I'm not really sure. But apparently there's video footage. There was the 45-millimeter magazine found in his pocket. He says, look, I didn't have the gun, which, of course, he could have just thrown away. But then, of course, of course you got to ask, well, why would you, why would you drop the mag? Right? Why would you take the magazine out of the firearm and hold on to that? Now, conversely, criminals are not always smart. They do stupid things like leave their driver's license on the counter at the bank after robbing it. Right? They do stupid things. So I don't know, but this is why they have the trials and such. Charlotte Mayor Vililes called the Romare Bearden Park shooting horrific saying it is evident of the continued focus needed to address public safety. Okay. She says, my prayers are with the five victims, and I deeply wish for their rapid and full recovery. The trauma inflicted by such incidents is immeasurable and should never be experienced by anyone. With the rise of youth gun violence as a national concern, it is increasingly clear that creating a safe, Gun violence-free environment is a collective responsibility we all must share within our own community. Okay. I prefer a gun violence-free community as well. Absolutely. That's why I have a concealed carry permit, right? Because I would like to see a gun violence-free environment. But there are people that choose otherwise. And as long as they will continue to choose otherwise, uh, then I will have to make my own uh, preparations for that. Now, keep that statement in mind when you hear about the 15-year-old. Because this is a 19-year-old who I think we're treating as a youth. I think they're saying, like, this is, a, this is still a child at 19 years old who took a gun to a New Year's Eve party in Uptown in public and squeezed off a whole bunch of rounds and, and shot five people that were just there to celebrate the New Year's. Okay. Keep this in mind. Keep this hurt. The mayor's statement in mind about the rise of youth, viol- youth gun violence as a national concern. And uh, it's a collective responsibility. We all must share 
Okay. That's the 19-year-old that shot everybody. But there were a bunch of other arrests that night. One of them was a 15-year-old. They actually arrested 11 juveniles. CMPD put out a press release um, that says, subsequently, six parents and guardians of the arrested of the arrested 11 juveniles were cited and charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor. So I, I'm no math whiz, but I'm going to go ahead and say you got six parents charged, 11 juveniles. That means, let me pair them off there, and it seems like you've got, what, single-parent households. That's what it sounds like. In all but one of the cases, they, by the way, I support the charges against parents if they send their kids to these events, particularly if the kids have rap sheets, which, oh, by the way, a 15-year-old has quite a lengthy rap sheet, and he got taken into custody by CMPD, and then he was released, because of course he was. Now, how does that square with what the mayor's calling for with this community-wide responsibility? I'm part of the community. I think maybe hold on to the 15-year-old that cuts off the ankle monitor, brings a gun, drives underage without a license, assaults cops. I'm thinking that's a pretty good candidate to hold on to. Um, Got a message here from Pete who is wondering about Mayor Vi Lyles' thoughts on high cash bail. (laughs) Uh, So... CMPD did an after-action report, sent this out yesterday afternoon, a little bit before 5 o'clock, and they detail some of the events that occurred on uh, Sunday, December 31st. Thousands of individuals, they say, rang in the new year in Uptown Charlotte at a city-sanctioned event. The CMPD provided support for the event with more than 80 officers patrolling that area and surrounding areas. There were no incidents or arrests made in the footprint of the official uptown event. So again, the violence occurs right outside the event. These events in uptown are being uh, treated as magnets for neighborhood beefs. People, this is not new, by the way. I'll explain that in a minute. But neighborhood beefs. People come to the area where, lo and behold, they run into the people that they have the beef with and violence erupts. This has been going on for 20 years now in Charlotte, various events. I mean, now they're, yes, now they're shooting people and they're getting the uh, guns from people's cars, from burglaries and such. And uh, with the, uh, the reforms to cash bail and juvenile justice. Um, We're seeing a lot of people getting turned out. So they're facing very little repercussions for their uh, criminal activity. And in fact, that's the thing that gets celebrated a lot in our entire society. Criminality. Oh, look at that. They got away with this. And isn't he so cool? Because he's breaking the law. He's a bad boy and all this stuff. There isn't, there isn't a celebration or a striving for, right, good, for people to behave, for people to treat people nicely, to recognize that we are all in this society together, and if you want to have a functioning, 
operating society, you have to have trust. You have to have a higher level of trust that when you go to the celebration in Uptown that you're not going to be blown up by a suicide bomber, for example. Um, by the way, that suicide bombing in, where was it, Iraq, I think it was, or maybe Iran, ISIS has claimed credit for that. So it wasn't the Jews, as a lot of people rushed uh, to say. So throughout the night, officers respond to a bunch of different disturbance calls. They arrest 11 juveniles. Uh, they charge six parents or guardians of those juveniles for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. They seized two firearms. Charges for the arrested individuals, inclu- these are juveniles, remember. They, so I don't know if the 19-year-old is being lumped in with the juvenile count here. Charges for the arrested individuals include assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill, going armed to... So I got to say yes. I got to say that one of the juveniles here is the the 19-year-old shooter from New Year's Eve because that right there, assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill, that's what the 19-year-old was charged with. What else? Going armed to the terror of the public. That is a charge. That's illegal. Will that be prosecuted? I mean, I know, I know they're charging one of these juveniles with that, but is that a, is that going to be, are they going to follow through on that? Are they going to plead that down? Maybe, maybe drop the charge altogether. Assault on a government official. Well, as I understand it, you can do that now, as we learned in the, um, the biscuit brawl, right? We learned that you can just start attacking police officers and you'll get your charges dropped if they respond by punching you in the thigh while you refuse to be arrested. So why are you even charging that? Carrying a concealed weapon. Resist I'm sure that'll get dropped because the, the biscuit brawler got his charge of concealing a, uh, uh, carrying a concealed weapon. Illegally so, by the way. Don't believe he was even a registered user. Wasn't a legal firearm uh, owner to be carrying concealed. Resisting a public officer. Again, the biscuit brawl. And possession of a handgun by a minor. We're going to charge that. One of the people arrested was a 15-year-old male who was involved in the disturbances, was charged with possession of a handgun by a minor, as well as no operator's license, and resisting a public officer. This also gets to one of these things I've talked about for years, which is there is a belief, particularly in the African-American community, that... You have a, quote, right to resist. I hear nobody ever asking about this, nobody ever talking about it, but it is prevalent. There is a, quote, right to resist, and it's why you see resistance in so many interactions. Is that going to be part of the the community problem-solving, I don't know, events? You're going to do some roundtables, maybe bust out the big Post-it notes, write some ideas, Use the word proactive a lot, slap it up on the walls, compile a report, and put it up on a shelf, and nothing ever changes. Because that's usually how these things go. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, 
camping and hiking supplies even because being prepared is just smart carolina readiness supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency in waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out got a couple of messages on the twitter machine it's from michael the mayor's response was a typical response. The problem that the mayor does not want to address is the failure of the family. These kids are living in broken homes or homes where they have no positive adult influence. This is rampant across all races and socioeconomic groups. Right When the mayor says, with the rise of youth gun violence as a national concern, it is increasingly clear that creating a safe, Gun violence-free environment is a collective responsibility we all must share within our own community. Right? But you're, you're already downstream. This is a symptom. Right? The violence, the bad behavior, the sociopathy, the lack of respect, uh, the, the minimization uh, of human suffering, all of these things are downstream of what? And I would agree with Michael. It's it's the destruction of the family. These are broken families. The, the the core unit, right, that was supposed to instill in people in the next generation the the correct values, that got blown up. And then in the process, the quote correct values get supplanted by different values. And Hollywood was more than happy to fill that void, right? Cranking out uh, entertainment that would tell you this is right or wrong. Oh, these are the anti-heroes. They're always the anti-heroes. They're never, they're never just heroes anymore. Right? They're always like some bad guy, dark side, and he's avenging these things, and so therefore it makes it right because these other guys are just a little bit worse than he is. There's a bad guy trying to do the right thing, whatever. Right. So if you're asking the community to get involved, then maybe we should be looking at solutions that protect and celebrate and elevate and prioritize the family. The 15-year-old male uh, who was involved in the disturbances New Year's Eve in uptown Charlotte, one of 11 that was arrested, charged with possession of a handgun by a kid, No operator's license, but I guess he was driving a car. Resisting a public officer as well, the juvenile suspect had recently cut off his Department of Juvenile Justice-issued ankle monitor. Detectives attempted to obtain a secure custody order for the juvenile. However, the Department of Juvenile Justice denied the request, and the male juvenile suspect was released into the custody of a family member. The juvenile suspect has a lengthy criminal history, including multiple auto thefts, resisting a public officer, larceny from auto, breaking and entering, and assault with a deadly weapon. Two cops were assaulted. They had minor injuries, and one uh, CMPD officer suffered minor injuries when an unknown chemical substance was thrown at the officer. WSOC-TV's Joe Bruno had this report yesterday afternoon. The Department of Juvenile Justice is defending its denial 
of a secure custody order for a 15-year-old accused of participating in the chaos on New Year's Eve in Uptown Charlotte. The citation for one of the adults, a 39-year-old woman, says that she encouraged and aided a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old into being in Uptown unsupervised. So we had 11 arrests of juveniles. We had six parents cited. This is the one. This this um, adult, I don't know if they actually identify her as the parent, um, 39-year-old woman cited for contributing to the delinquency of minors because she encouraged the 15- and 16-year-old to go into Center City unsupervised. They stay past curfew and resisted and assaulted a government official. Although it, I mean, it's unclear, Joe Bruno says it's not clear if this is the same 15-year-old, but to me it seems this seems to fit the... It seems to fit the charges. A spokesperson for the Department of Juvenile Justice said state law bans them from commenting on specific juveniles, but when making decisions about secure custody, their role is to consider potential risks to public safety, the individualized needs of the juvenile, and their risk of reoffending. Okay, uh, I'm not an expert with the Department of Juvenile Justice, but... I think this kid's got a pretty good shot at reoffending, considering his past behavior. No? And the other, the other factor, uh, risks to public safety. Mm, yeah, think that one, that, think that box got checked too. So you got two of the three boxes. What's the third? The individualized needs of the juvenile. Well, it seems like that's the one that matters the most, Right. That's the one that matters the most. And maybe you can argue that it should be. I'm not so sure when somebody, I mean, if I just need to be out there murdering people because I'm a serial killer and I just can't help myself, does that take precedence over all of the other factors? Of course not. I've got their statement from the uh, Division of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention. I'll give you some of the highlights there in a minute. Let's go over here first to Bart. Hello, Bart. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm good, man. What's going on? Well, I was just sitting here listening to you, and a lot of this um, talk has come out since Tark Bakari, and I do appreciate him so much for speaking up on behalf of Charlotte um, the other day and challenging city council and other members on what's been going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all this type of behavior is nothing new to this city. Right. Personally... I have been in over 3,000 homes in the city of Charlotte working in the nonprofit sector in the last 12 years. 90% plus, there is no man in the home. Now, but I want to say something before we get into that. For a long time, I wasn't the father that God called me to be. Okay? I made some changes in my life, and by his grace and mercy, and able to be a father to my children, a father to other young men who are fatherless right now. So... That, that's, that hits really close home to me, for me, and I work predominantly in the black community, and the men are not around, mm-hmm. and that is not something that is very popular to talk about. That is a hard truth within that community that is not being addressed, and especially when someone like me says something about it, I, I get a lot of uh, backlash and a mm-hmm. lot of grief for it. But it's but it's the truth, and it's what I know because I've been in it for the last 12 years. Right. right. And these young men 
you know, if they don't, or they're not involved in a program, they don't have the right mentors, they're not involved in athletics or something that is positive, they will go astray. Right. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of the all of the peer influence around them is stacked for them to go astray. Exactly, and it's and it's also there's so many different litigating factors here, that from you know the music they listen to, what they're watching. I mean, some of the music out there and what they're looking on social media is just pure poison. Yeah, it's the. I mean, I've seen the videos, the the, the celebration of assaults on random people and stuff. Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the videotaping of of school brawls, cheering it on, and all of that—it's it's a glorification of violence and criminality, and it's pervasive. It's not just in uh, among African American youths; it's all over the place. And well, and I agree. It, it's you know what our city, everyone, whether it's affecting your neighborhood or not, affecting your school or not, we all need to unite and come together to stand against this darkness. Because in one way or another, somewhere down the long line, um, you will be affected. I can assure you that. And it's nice to see Tarek standing up, because personally I went to speak in front of um, Charlotte City Council about eight weeks ago to speak about the ongoing gun violence in Little Rock Apartments. And asked, I personally asked the city council standing in front of me, who would like to sit down and start talking about solutions? to the problems that we face in the West Boulevard corridor. And only one city council individual raised their hand, and it was Tart Vakari. Everyone else, even our own District 3 representative at that point in time, she did not raise her hand. Yeah. But now that Tarek's saying something about it and going out there um, on the media, now they're starting to say, oh, yeah, we'll sit down. we got to address this. That's a bunch of nonsense. We've been crying out and crying out against this violence for quite some time. And they've sat, they've sat by and, and been silent. So it's time for them to act. What's the name of your ministry, Bart? West, West Boulevard Ministry. Right. Bart, I appreciate the work you do. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Pete. God bless. All right, you too. Take care. David, welcome to the program. Hey, David, how are you? I'm fine, Pete. How are you? Hey, Happy New Year. You too, sir. I really enjoy your uh, program. You must do a ton of research, my friend. I, I yeah. <laughs> My wife loves it. <laughs> yeah, two hours of prep for every one hour on air. That's basically the, the math for me. Wow. I, I want to know why judges are so insulated from their irresponsible decisions that put the public at risk. Shouldn't there be some kind of rule that says if a judge allows somebody to go off on an ankle bracelet and they cut that ankle bracelet off, that judge gets fined 2500 bucks per person. Right. I guess it, it, it. Well, the uh, the argument of you know how do you hold judges accountable is that they are elected. The problem in Mecklenburg County is that they are all elected as Democrats, and uh, their all of their incentives are to turn people loose. Right. Uh, that that's the incentive structure. Well, let's change that incentive with a fine. Right. So that. But then the question is okay. So specifically on the ankle monitoring, what is the purpose of the ankle monitor? Is it to ensure that you know where they are so they show up to court? That's always what the court system will tell you. Is that uh, like when it comes to magistrates and bail and bond and all of that stuff? It, it's always about making sure that you get people to go to their court appearances so they can finally go well, to trial. If they were sitting in jail, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Correct. And the, and so why are we sending people home with the monitors? I don't know. Um, Not enough jail space. 
uh, build another jail. Ah, I mean, they don't. Again, the incentive structure for the Democrats who are in control is not to build more jails. They do not want to build jails. That's what I mean. You got to get at these incentives uh, that 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 motivate these these elected officials. And unfortunately, in the Democrat Party, all the incentives are stacked in the in the wrong direction. I appreciate the call, Dave. Good to hear from you. Happy New Year to you too. News is coming up next.